so when they're like, just come over or spend the night, I want to, we don't have to have sex to spend the night. You're suggesting like, say no, like, don't do that. 100% say no. Also like who speaks like that still? Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. It's just me for the intro today, but for the main part of the episode, I am bringing on a special guest that I can't wait to introduce you guys to. We are talking all about just kind of the basics of dating and a more traditional view on millennial dating. At the end of the episode, I have a surprise appearance coming on for a little game that we're going to play. So stay tuned for that. I wanted to do a quick shout out to someone. I know on the last episode, I had kind of said how amazing the timing of this podcast had been for me and how I just, I spend so much time getting the product to be a great product for you. But I want to shout out my producer for the podcast who not only created the music, but he takes the podcast, he does the final edit. I'm just, I'm so grateful for him. If you guys are in need of a podcast producer or he composes music for film and TV and commercials, you can find him on Instagram at Dustin Lau Music. Dustin is D-U-S-T-I-N, Lau is L-A-U. Or you can email him at dustinlaumusic at gmail.com. So thank you again for all you do. I so, so, so appreciate it. I also wanted to address, obviously, our global crisis. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on each episode talking about it. If you're interested in more of what I'm doing during quarantine time, go check out my bonus episode, Isolationship. Jared and I talk all about kind of what this means now. It's just, it's such a crazy time. I want to provide comedy for you guys, but I also don't want to underplay the seriousness that is happening. And I will say, you know, my guest on the show today lives in New York. New York is being hit so hard and my heart goes out to them. I know that California has sent 100 ventilators to New York just today. So, you know, we are all thinking and praying for you guys. And it's so important in this time to take this stuff seriously. So keep social distancing, wear your masks out in public. And when you feel yourself feeling a little low or getting down, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, and just make sure you're staying in community with other people. Okay, so on that note, last week, I had told you guys that I had reached out to kind of a friend that started off, we had started off dating and we decided just to be friends. And I had reached out to him to see if he wanted to kind of have a sexting relationship during quarantine. So he did get back to me and we did talk for a little bit. And then I just, it kind of went back into the cycle of me being the one to have to reach out. And that's how it was before we decided just to be friends. And I was like, ah, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm kind of tired of being the one to, to initiate and reach out. And that's not how it should be. So then 
I had a dream and you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I had a dream. And in this dream, I heard a very clear voice that said, stop chasing men. And I woke up and I felt it was like I felt relief within myself because I knew that I should listen to that voice. And I knew that deep down, that's what I needed. But for some reason, I kept kind of like feeling like I had to be the one to put myself out there and, you know, hand my business card out to the guy at the bar or the guy at the coffee shop, you know, give him my number. And I just kept getting rejected or hurt. And I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of being the one that's bringing the energy. And, you know, it's interesting because this goes along with my guest's views in that she has more traditional views of the guy should be the main pursuer. And that is really hard for me to do because I'm such a strong personality and I'm very vivacious. And I think, you know, seize the day. Why not? Why not give this cute guy my number? And none of that is wrong. So I want to address that. Like, if you want to do that, go for it. I think for me right now, though, that is what I needed to hear and feel in myself. And so I decided I deleted all my dating apps and I'm not reaching out to anyone. And I decided that the next official date that I go on, whether it's a video chat or an in-person date in a few months or whatever, that that guy that I go on the date with will have had to find me, will have had to pursue me and ask me out on a date and I'm not doing anything. So, you know, in terms of after that, I'm not sure where I'll stand, but it feels kind of like what I said before. It feels kind of like a relief that I can just kind of let some of that pressure go and give myself a break and continue to just kind of work on myself through quarantine. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys that update on my non-existent dating life. Make sure to tune back next week to get another update on my still non-existent (laughs) dating life. But before we get into the main part of the episode, I just want to take some time to talk about a couple of partners. So the first partner is a company called VFresh, and VFresh offers natural solutions for vaginal health, which is something that I'm very passionate about because I have experienced chronic infections in the past. So they have a couple of products here. The V-Cleanse is a pharmaceutical-grade pure boric acid, which helps balance the vaginal pH. It reduces and controls yeast and bacterial infections. And then if you suffer from UTIs or want to just be preventative, you can also find the product V-Tract, which maintains, flushes, and clears urine impurities with promoting healthy urinary tract function for long-term wellness. So if you're interested in this product, you can go to www.vfresh, V is spelled V-E-E, www.vfresh.com and use code HELLO2020, HELLO is all capitalized, and receive 10% off your order. 
The second partner is a dear friend of mine who has a small business in my hometown, Redlands, and she's been hit really hard by COVID-19. She runs an organic spray tan salon and is obviously unable to provide her services. Now, she's also a representative for Rodan and Field. So I asked her if she was open to promoting a product to help bring income in to help her during this hard time. And so what she's offering you guys is a one-time no commitment offer for Lash Boost. Lash Boost gets you real lush, darker, longer looking lashes in as little as four weeks. I highly recommend this product. It's the only product I use from Rodan and Fields and it truly, truly works. She's offering it to you guys for $139 plus tax with free shipping in the US. Now this offer does expire, so you have until May 10th to claim this deal. In order to claim this product, you're gonna find her on Instagram at bronze buns tanning. Buns has two S's. Or if you don't have Instagram, send me a personal email, hello Leanna Joan at gmail.com. Make sure when you reach out to her, you let her know you heard about this on the podcast to receive that special price. And then I just want you guys to know that I'm not receiving any profits from this. All of the profits go towards her small business. And this is one way that that you can help a small business during this time and also receive a great product. So with all of that said, I am excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please give me some grace through this interview as I was super nervous and kind of fangirling over her. But yeah, enjoy. All right, guys. Well, I'm so excited to introduce this guest to you. She's the host of the podcast We Met at Acme, a podcast about millennial dating in New York City. Please welcome Lindsay Metzler. Hi. Did I say your last name correctly? It's so hard to say. So you did really well. It's actually Metzler. Metzler. I don't know why. It's like, okay. (laughs) Weird Dutch last name. That I don't really It's a great to. last name. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so so tell me about well, I guess just give us kind of an introduction. How old you are? Obviously you live in New York City. Yeah. Um, what do you do for a living? How you got the podcast started? For sure, for sure. So I'm twenty nine years old. I live in New York City. I'm from New York City too, and I mostly do like we met at Acme more or less full time. And then on the, I also do social media management for brands, mostly food brands. So a little bit of both. I started the podcast about three years ago because I was, I found myself single in the city and I thought it was a disaster. And that mm-hmm. obviously we all had to talk about this because I definitely wasn't the only one experiencing it. And, mm-hmm. um, it's been so exciting since then. That's amazing. So what is like, what is your journey been from the start of your podcast to now? The start of my podcast, I was like, okay, no one's going to listen. Like, perfect. I can talk about whatever I want. I can name names. I can like be a savage. (laughs) And then I can talk about the dates the next day. And like, no one's going to stop me. And then people started listening and I was like, okay, um, probably should reel it in a little bit and like, yeah, stop being so candid um, because no one's going to want to date me. And then it's been, it's just been really fun. I've had so many interesting guests talk about their dating experience and I've learned so much through my conversations with people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really, it's awesome. Are you in a relationship right now? Are you dating right now? I am dating right now. I'm seeing someone, but it's very new and early. I just got out of a relationship in January. So definitely okay. taking it slow and steady. What about you? How did you? <laughs> Um, I am just on this perpetual hamster wheel of dating guys for a week and it not working out. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm divorced. I was married for eight and a half years and I went through a very traumatic divorce Mm -hmm. and I've been through a lot of traumatic dating experiences since then, because when I got married, I was so young, I was 21 and he was like my first boyfriend. Right. And so kind of getting thrown into the millennial, the dating app world, I was like, just kind of in shock for two years. And then finally, the last couple years kind of found my voice through that. So one of the reasons that drew me to you, I just love how calm and collected you are about dating. And I feel like I feel like you have a really good head on your shoulder. And I am the opposite. I experience a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. when it comes to dating. And I think I scare men. I'm either, if they're really into me, I run. Or if I'm really into them, I scare them away. And so I'm just curious. When's your birthday? <laughs> October 15th. I'm a Libra. Oh, you're great. You got it. I'm not worried about you. But wait. Aww. But it's so funny. I have a friend with your exact birthday and, and she would say the same thing about herself, but like, she's like amazing. And, uh, but I do see, I see this pattern. I don't know how old you are, but she's like in her early thirties and like, mm-hmm. she's still kind of weirded out by people who are like really into her. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a good sign. Like you have everything to offer, but Mm-hmm. And I asked you, I know it's, it's like your podcast, but I'm so curious, like what wasn't working other than the fact that you guys got married so young? Um, that is a great question. It's actually not something I've talked about in any mm-hmm. of my episodes yet. Um, well, I think one of the big things is that you change so much in your twenties to your thirties. And so he was 24, I was 21 and I was like this good conservative Christian girl. And as I grew up and kind of started realizing who I really was and who I wanted to be, I became this, you know, um, kind of sexual woman and who is liberal and I'm spiritual, but I, I wouldn't say I'm religious. And, um, I became very confident and I started getting a lot of attention and I just, I don't think my ex liked that. Like he didn't, he didn't want me to be this woman that I had become. And he kept fighting and wanting me to be this girl that he had met when I was 19. And not to mention, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, personality things, but I'm an ESFP and he's an INTP. And we were just very opposite. And we didn't, we just got to the point where we didn't like the same things anymore. We never did anything together. And if we did, he had anxiety about it. So we would fight. And um, I mean, it ended up in, it was not a clean divorce and it was very painful, you know, to be in a relationship, to be glued to someone for 10 years and then to go through really the 
first big loss in my life. So what was his birthday? He's a Gemini. Okay. Which is interesting though, because I get along really well with Geminis. Yeah. But it's like, just because you get along with the sign doesn't mean that you should be with them. Well, and that's also, like That's a common misconception in astrology. It's like, oh, but we're like the best match. It's like, yeah, as friends, you know, mm. and all of our best matches are most different person. That's why I don't believe mm. in the compatibility thing. So what are you? I'm a Libra, like you. Oh, that's why we get along so well. <laughs> Libras rule the world. We really do. Like <laughs> We make the world go round. <laughs> if, if not for us, no one would get along. I know. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit, like, what is your take on dating? Because I feel like you have some pretty strong views on, like, the roles of the gender roles when you first start dating. So kind of what is your take on that? Yeah, I, you know, I am very traditional in my views. I don't think that you should have sex on a first date. I think that, you know, men are pretty straightforward, like kind of dumb in like the <laughs> possible that I could say that in that, like, they really want to feel like they like got this prize and, and like you're out of their league and like they're shooting their shot every time. Mm-hmm. And I think women today are so amazing and so empowered, but sometimes can, can like step into the way of like a man trying to like do the bare thing that like a man can do and like chase. And like, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, obviously you like, we're amazing. We can make money. We can do this. We can do that. But like, let them chase you. Like if Mm -hmm. you want, unless like you want a man who's like more effeminate than you are, like you have to like, don't like, don't disrupt the process. And I, and I really believe that like, if someone's interested in you, like they will come, they will text you, they will get in touch with you. I think obviously like there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, like with the guy I'm seeing now, like, I asked him on the second date, but I think like you have to have some basis for doing that. You, whether you or not, like whether you know that like maybe they're a little timid or like this or that, but for the most part, it's like you have to let as a straight heterosexual, like as a heterosexual woman, let them pursue. And I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. I think like you really shouldn't have sex until you like know each other. Um, because again, like guys are pretty simple. Like if they don't have like a personality to hold on to, like they're kind of like, okay, like what else is, is there, you know? And mm-hmm. that's not always the case. I mean, if you go into like having sex, not wanting anything and not caring about them, then like they'll probably hit you up. But usually, mm-hmm. especially if the sex is good, like it'll be hard for you to mm-hmm. take your emotions out of it. Yeah, no, I'm totally on board with you with the sex thing. And, I, and it's interesting because like when I go on these dates with these guys and they start pushing for sex, first, second, third date or whatever, and I don't feel ready they're always like, it's fine. Like, you know, it's not going to change anything, but it's going to change it. It's just going to yeah. change how it is because mm-hmm. they've gotten what they've wanted. And even if it doesn't change that, it's not even about what it changes. It's about like, it takes away so much excitement. Like I love the whole like teenage courtship period where like, Oh, like, like, Ooh, we kiss, like we touched hands. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this fun buildup. Like now we're like making out. 
if you like get it all over with right away, it's just like, I don't know. It's not that exciting. And like, I, I actually was watching the bachelor for a second last night. <laughs> he's like in like this guy's in love with this girl who will not have sex with him. And like granted that, that very much maybe surface level and just like, he like wants the sex and like, is like putting her on a pedestal because he hasn't gotten it. But still like, that's kind of a big deal. Like he's in love mm-hmm. with someone he hasn't had sex with. I think we like underestimate the the idea that that can happen. Like that you don't yeah. need to give up your like vagina in order to like have someone have strong feelings for you, you know? Yes, I totally agree. And I think that if they really like you and care about you as a person, they're not going to push the subject. Like they're oh, going to wait all. until you're ready. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I actually had a person that I'm dating like... I tried to invite him up after like a couple dates and it was like, it was like five dates and he was like, no, like, and I was like, wow. Okay. And I, and like, I was coming up with all these theories. I was like, first of all, he definitely like has a small dick. So like, he doesn't want me. To see it. <laughs> he doesn't want me to see it. Cause then like, I'll be over him. Um, like th- that was pretty much my only theory. I was like, there's no other possible yeah. thing. okay so so here's so here's what I struggle with so like I want to wait to have sex because for me I need that emotional intimacy with the person I want to know that the person's in it for me you know Mm -hmm. but I really like making out and I and I I miss when it's been a few months like I miss that physical affection so oftentimes I'll start making out and then it gets kind of hot and heavy and then I'm like hey we need to slow down and like wait a little bit and then they're like well you're giving me mixed signals kind of a thing. Well, in that case, I actually agree with them. I think like you can totally make out, but like you shouldn't necessarily be like making out in a bed or like making out in the, I don't know. I think it's different with dating in LA versus dating in New York, probably Mm -hmm. because like, I don't know. I assume like everyone has more space in LA. So it's like more exciting to go to each other's places. I like won't even like show them my apartment until like the third or fourth date because I feel like once you're in my, like my place, it is mixed signals. And like, it is kind of like, well, the bed is right there, you know, like, and so at least like, I just encourage you to only have them come to your place if you are potentially ready for more and definitely not let them sleep over until after the first time you've had sex. Interesting. Okay. So, so why is that? I think sleepovers are more intimate than sex. Okay. Because it's like kind of a relationship you feel. Yeah. And like you are, you're showing them so many in, intimate parts of you, you know, mm. your face without makeup, like your breath without a toothbrush, your style of like how you like need cuddling or don't need cuddling like mm-hmm. and uh, especially if it's a good sleepover like you end up kind of talking all night so you can get like emotionally slutty with them and then like okay if you've been emotionally slutty and or if they've been emotionally slutty and then like you're not feeling it it hurts more because you're like we shared this time i think like sex before sleepover like sleepover for after first time sex. If you've waited that long, you can be like, by the way, you're going to have, like you, if we're going to have sex, you're sleeping over after, you know? Cause like, you know them. Right. 
Right. Okay. So guys are very persuasive though. So when they're like, just come over or spend the night, I want to, we don't have to have sex to spend the night. You're suggesting like, say no, like, don't do that. 100% say no. Also like who speaks like that still? (laughs) No guy has been like, just come over. We won't have to have sex. I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) well, maybe you should meet some of the guys. Yeah. I'm like, who are these people? Where did you get your conf? Like, you're so confident. Did you grow up in a very secure home? Do you go to therapy three times a week? But no, I go to therapy like more than anyone. I mean, as much as I possibly can. I started going to therapy at 23 where I was the least self-aware person ever. Like I was clingy, needy, like not confident, just like, you know. Um, But I did grow up with parents who definitely instilled like some confidence in me. Um, I, my dad, like my dad always gave me great advice about dating. Like he, he actually said to me, I'm like, I feel like I, t- I shared this on my podcast and people were like, your dad's a dick for saying that. But my dad was like, don't ever ask a guy to like have a talk. And mm. it really was helpful because my dad is a great guy. Mm-hmm. And like for him to say that as like a girl dad, like, mm-hmm. like you really shouldn't be like, oh, we have to talk. Where is this going with the guy? And so like, I kind of knew that early on. So I always went into relationships, like just enjoy this, just enjoy this. I also have an older sister. So I kind of like got to learn from her mistakes mm. and then <laughs> like always. And then I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, like, I, I can't pinpoint it, but I've just always had this ability to like pick myself back up if like it doesn't work out. And just keep the attitude of like what's meant to be will be and like just en- enjoy, you know, and, and like have never had a problem putting myself out there. So I think the confidence just comes from like knowing that I'm doing like everything that is true to myself and like not making a fool of myself. Cause I have in the past, I mean, I've done mm-hmm. things that were not confident many times and I think just learning from those mistakes, like I used mm-hmm. to, I used to make mistakes all the time. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you, I love that you've seen that you've grown as a person and now, and you know, you've seen the mistakes of others and you're taking the advice of your father. I think that's what I'm striving for is being able to get to the point where when it doesn't work out with someone, it's like, okay, that didn't work out for a reason. Right. And mm-hmm. I, and it instinctually, I know that, but mm-hmm. for some reason, And I think it's because of the divorce and that was such a hard loss that I went through. The loss of whoever it is for however long just feels a little bit deeper than it should. You know, I I actually, someone once told me, I think it was like rejection is your protection or something. Mm. And I don't know, I'm sure you've done this with your ex-husband, but like, I always make a list of like the things that weren't working for me when it ends with someone, whether they reject me or I reject them or we break up amicably because it's so important to realize like, these were the reasons that this person wasn't for you. And Mm -hmm. like, now you know yourself just a little bit better to like be able to find that person who does work for you. Mm hmm. So have you, like, what has your longest relationship been? Have you experienced heartbreak? 
Yeah. Well, actually, my longest relationship was in high school. I had a high school sweetheart for like three years. Totally was like, we're going to get married and like, (laughs) it's going to be amazing. Um, And then we went to college and I was like, oh shit, like, no, we're not. And then after college, my longest relationship has been two years. Um, I actually, I just got out of it in, in January and he was amazing. And like, he was my like almost husband, you know, Mm. there were things that were just not like a hundred percent for me. And my gut was like, you need to follow, you need to listen to me. And it was really hard because he's such a great guy. And like most people would be so happy to have him. Um, so I, I kept convincing myself like, Oh, well, like, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent about him, but like, I don't want him with anyone else. So like, I'm Mm going to be, you know, and that's not like a way that doesn't, that's not a reason you should be with someone. Like you should be with someone because you 100% like are sure. And and no one's really a hundred percent sure, but at least like 95% sure that you want to be with this person. And I had too many doubts that were just like got bigger and bigger. And Mm. um, so was that a difficult breakup for you? Like how long did it take you to move on? It was difficult in getting to that point because I had those feelings for a while, but I didn't act on them for quite a while. And I was like in denial. I was like, no, like no one's relationship is good. Like all my married friends are miserable. Like I've, I've got it really well. Like I've got it great. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm like, I'm not settling, but I'm like betraying things that I need. And, um, and so when, by the time I broke, like I broke up with him, I actually had like healed from it weirdly a lot mm. because mm. I had like been going back and forth on it for so long with my therapist and myself. And um, so obviously there was still sadness and like mourning, but it was more like a loss of a best friend and less mm. of, like the romantic mourning. Mm. Yeah. That's so hard. I mean, any breakup is that yeah. it's a loss, you exactly. know, you lose that person from your life. Right. Um, so you said you felt like you, I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact words, but you said you felt like you were like compromising yourself a little bit, like, yeah, like not getting my needs, my own. Needs. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So how, like in the future in a relationship, like when did you start to recognize that? What are signs that you can look for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, do you kind of have more of an awareness of what those are for moving forward? Yeah. I think if you, if you start like making excuses and being like, Oh yeah, I don't need to like, uh, what's an example. Like I don't need, I don't need to go out to dinner because like they don't want to like, I'll just cook every night. Like it's not like, I don't need that to make me happy. You know, like kind of like convincing yourself that you don't need something is betrayal because Mm. like you, you do have needs and they're okay. And like, it's okay to want to like, I don't know, have sex three times a day. Like, and it's okay if your partner doesn't want to do that, but like they can compromise. And just like, it's like the more you go against like simple needs that you have um, and start making excuses for your partner, like, Oh, it's okay. Like we don't have to go to that double date. Cause like you, cause he doesn't want to. And you know, and like eventually it becomes like, okay, um, like I'm not being true to what I actually want. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you were compromising more than your partner was in that situation? I 
did sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, there there were like there were two things, and like I don't want to get too specific in case he like, sure. Missed, of course, there were two things that I felt like I wasn't like I was really trying with, and like he wasn't meeting me. At. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, every relationship, in a sense, we all have to compromise, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, but I think, but I think it's important though to have a partner where, like you said, like you're striving to help the needs of the other person without over compromising yourself. And it has to be like a good balance of that. And so the right person is going to understand that and kind of meet you halfway. Exactly. And I think like it's possible that two people really want to make it work, but they're just too, too different in like in Mm -hmm. their things like that. So Mm -hmm. where are you, do you, are you familiar with the attachment theory at all? Yes. Um, I like to think I'm secure, uh, attachment, but it's possible. I'm avoidant a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you come off very secure. Um, I, can you guess what I am? Actually, I think I'm like, I think I'm the worst one. I think I'm anxious avoidant. Oh no. (laughs) And you can't run away from them. I know. And that is what I'm really working towards is Mm -hmm. like changing what I'm attracted to because I'm attracted to that avoidant man, because then I'm the chaser. Right. right? And that's what I feel comfortable with. Right. And so, and I am, I mean, I'm in therapy as well. I've been in therapy for a long time, but you know, I think we all kind of move into that secure place in different like speeds Right. And it's taking me a long time. <laughs> so I really do. I like, I need a very secure man. Yeah. And, um, and I actually think I went on a date with one recently, but we had discussed, okay, so actually this is a question for you. When do you start discussing kind of the difficult topics, like things that could be deal breakers, like kids, politics, religion, like, would mm-hmm. you say, start talking about that in the beginning? Do you wait a few dates? I don't think you should like force any of those topics. I think like with someone who's like right for you, that stuff kind of comes up naturally over time. I mean, like with today's world, like I think I would need to know if they were a Trump supporter, like off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the other topics really truly do come up naturally, you know, like you'll, they'll be like, Oh, like, tell me about your parents. And you're like, Oh, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. They go to temple like on Friday nights. You know what I mean? It's like things like come up where you don't have to be like, so what's your religion? How many kids Mm -hmm. do you want to (laughs) have? What are your feelings about divorce? Do you, who are you voting for? Like it doesn't, when it's unnatural, it's just not like, and if like you're seeing someone for a few months and like none of that has come up, then like, that's weird, I think. I agree. Yeah. So do you see, like, what would be a deal breaker to you? Like, obviously, Trump supporter out. Um, what about like kids? Like, I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't know that I want kids. So it would be hard for me to be with someone who's like, I really want kids, because I feel like that would put pressure on me. I, I I'm the opposite. I would need someone who who like really wants kids. And it's exactly okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you started dating someone that's like, I don't really want kids, then that's a no. Peace. <laughs> okay. What about religion wise? Like, do you think that two p- 
people with differing religions can make it work? I do. I don't think religion is a deal breaker. Um, I think if one person is like crazy religious, that's a little just scary to me. Like, I don't think anyone should be too anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting to have someone from a different background. Like you can learn about their religion. Yeah, I agree. I used to be very like, I could only date another Christian, but I'm really not that Christian. So what ended up happening is because my Christian background became more of like a spiritual connection. Right. And so I would date these Christians that were so Christian who thought I was going to hell, (laughs) you know, and it's because, I mean, and I'm exaggerating of course, but, but then my ex-boyfriend, so I've had one relationship since my Mm ex-husband was very atheist and he Mm -hmm. like made fun of me. So I think it, you have to have like, I think the biggest thing, right, would be respect for the other person right. within whatever their belief exactly. is. Like if you, like you can come from different backgrounds, but like you have to respect where each other came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What's your take on long distance dating? Long distance dating. I think that like it wouldn't really work for me at this age and like stage of my life. Like I like to see someone and like get to know someone. I feel like it like slows down the process. I've been in a long distance relationship. It's too much for me when like they come visit and they have to stay with you and you have to be together 24 seven. I really like my space. So I don't know. Long distance is not for me, but I've seen it work for many people. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think for me, because I live in a small town, like I'd prefer not to date someone here. (laughs) So long distance doesn't seem that, big for me. But um, I think when you're in like bigger cities like LA or New York, and it's hard to get anywhere, it's probably just easier to be closer to the person. Oh, agreed. For sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I have like some speed round questions for you. Love it. Okay. So you have to try and answer like as quick as possible. Okay. Okay. Who pays for the first date? The person who asks you out. Ooh, okay. I like that answer. What's the weirdest place you've ever had sex? In a staircase on a college tour. (laughs) Would you ever date someone who's broke? Yes. Okay. What do you think? Okay. What do you think of guys that use like, yeah, nah, you're like, you are like all lowercase letters. Grow up. Thank you. Okay. Um, Do you, have you ever used dating apps? Yes. What's your favorite one? Hinge. Okay, same. And could you continue to date a guy who's a bad kisser? Yeah, he can be taught. (laughs) I like that. I feel like I've had to... Okay, so I'm 33. I feel like every guy I've kissed under the age of 30, I have to teach how to kiss. And how to do a lot of other things. Thank you! I know. Okay, so do you have any, like... I guess to kind of wrap this up, do you have any like worst date stories? Mm. Just like the dates that are really bad are when it feels like you're pulling teeth and it's like, we're both here. Make it less painful. Don't like make me interview you and give me one word answers. Like we both agreed to this date. Like don't be sick. Have you ever had like a date that you've walked out on? Not walked out, but I've been, I've left like early and been like, oh, my friend's sick, you know? 
Okay. So you've never had any like crazy, like the guy shows up and it was catfishing you or something like no, that? No, but that was the one that I left. He was just like, I don't care about height, but he was like very short and I'm five. <laughs> so it's just like. You're I'm, five what? I'm five seven and he was like five six. And I was like, I can't. What did he say he was? Well, that was the thing. A friend set us up. And like, I was like to this friend, like, are you blind? <laughs> you know that I'm tall. Like, it was did you sh- really weird. Did you show up in heels? Yeah, like mini booty heels, but still. Yeah. So you're like three inches taller. Yeah, like, no, it's not. Yeah. No. I agree. I can't be taller than the person. No way. Yeah, I'm 5'8", so I have the same issue. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's not happening. Well, do you have any, like, final words of wisdom for me or my listeners or kind of anything? Okay. I would just say don't be afraid to put yourself out there time and time again, no matter how much you get hurt, and trust the process. I love that. Well, thank you so much. This was such an honor. Talking to you, Leanna. And please let me know if you ever come to New York. I'll take you out. Um, I'm actually coming there in May. Well, hit me up. You have (laughs) have my cell phone. I do. So plug yourself for us. Where can my listeners find you? You can find me at We Met at Acme on Instagram. You can listen to our podcast and iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you listen. And my personal Instagram is at Metz L-I-N-D-Z. M-E-T-Z. And real quick, why hello and goodbye? Oh, great question. Um, Because I feel like in the dating world, you say hi to someone in the same mm. week that you say goodbye. Yeah, I love, and it. it's, I love it. And, you know, it's like so much of like, all of a sudden that person is in your life and then boom, they're gone. And it's like just one person, whether it's two years right. or two days. And it's, that's where I've been growing as a person is learning how that goodbye doesn't need to be so painful um, that it can just be like so long, you know, all, you know, on to the next. So anyway, well, thank you so much. I am so excited to air this podcast and Mm -hmm. um, I'll be in touch with you. Thank you, Lindsay. Can't wait. All right, guys. Well, thank you again, Lindsay, for coming on. I really appreciate you being on the podcast and your input. And I know my trip to New York is postponed now, but I can't wait to catch that drink with you when I do come. So I just wanted to end with a little game for you guys. My sister is going to join us tonight. Hello. (laughs) If you haven't listened to episode eight, she was on episode eight talking about grief and it's really a fantastic episode. It's really a great episode to listen to right now as well, since we're all grieving kind of the loss of our regular lives and probably some identity stuff. But anyway, I thought I would just bring her in to so we could, you know, have a little banter back and forth for this game. I'm excited. Okay. So the game is called Red Flag Diaries. And what I did is I went online and I asked you guys what your red flags would be. So I'm going to have my sister read one and then I'll read one. And she hasn't seen any of these. So I'm just going to, I've written these out. You guys are going to think I'm a dork, but I've written these out on little post-it notes. And they're in front of me and I'm going to pick up a post-it note and give it to my sister. So, okay, ready? The first red flag. (laughs) (laughs) 
any coughing or sneezing. <laughs> okay, I think that's a decent red flag at this time. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll do the next one. Uh, the next one is hoarders. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big red flag. I think that just shows a, some work needs to happen. <laughs> um, okay, let's also, see. Also, it makes you wonder, what are they hoarding? <laughs> what? <laughs> like dolls? Fingernail clippings. Oh! <laughs> Cats? Didn't you ever see? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> Checking out other women on the date. Yeah, yeah, I've been there, uh, done that. Yeah, that, that was not mine, but that was a great submission. Okay, I love this one. A guy who says, send me a pic before meeting. So I hate that so much. That's and then horrible. it's followed by, or says, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. okay, why don't you do that one? Talked. <laughs> Talked in a baby voice while making out. <laughs> That's so bad. Can you imagine? You're I'm trying to picture that. You're oh, babe, what would that even know. be like? <laughs> like, oh, good job. That's so. That's creepy. That's super Very. creepy. Oh, okay. If they ask what your favorite Imagine Dragons song is. <laughs> Do you know who Imagine Dragon is? Okay, they're like, they're kind of like like my teenager piano students. Okay, like Imagine Dragons. Okay, yeah, then yeah, that would be a red flag. Okay, when a guy uses quote he 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 yeah, it's either guys, it's either ha ha or lol. There's no other one. And then the last one is anyone who fed their previous significant other to a tiger. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched that show yet, but I already know what that's about. It's, yeah, such a great show. Well, anyway, you guys, thank you, Krista, for making a special appearance on the show. And I wish you guys a great week. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast or at underscore Leanna Joan. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And have a great week. Thanks, Leanna. You're welcome. That was fun. Bye.